I'm reading from the books of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like blowing of a violent wind, came. It came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius in Asia, Pigia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, they both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonder of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, are you suppose? It's only nine in the morning. No. This is what was spoken by prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Even in my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smokes. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Come on. Thank you, Irma, and thank you, Pat, for those beautiful prayers. God is here. God is here. <laughs> God is here. Well, have you been watching the weather report? Lots of people having street parties. We've got the, you know, we're out on the, the wreck. It's going to be, well, it's, um, was going to be thunderstorms this afternoon. I think it's cleared up a little bit from better than that now. So, We've been looking at the weather, and it's an endless cause of conversation in our country, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. You can't go wrong with talking about the weather, because it is interesting. It's always changing. And it's like you can go out one minute, and it's sunny, and, oh, I'm too hot, I'm too hot. I should never have worn this coat, I'm too hot. And then, and then you're, oh, I'm freezing. God, I never, I thought it was. And then you get caught out. Anyone ever been caught out by the weather? Yes, I think we all have. Um, and uh, it, it is interesting because it's always changing. 
And uh, does anyone like getting caught in the rain? You do. You're, you're, un you're unusual there in that respect, Mrs. Beard. Um, most people don't like getting caught in the rain. And uh, we might invest in an umbrella or a, uh, uh, a pack of mat or something. It says in this passage that God will pour out his spirit on all people. Now that word pour out uh, is equivalent to a torrential downpour. That's what it means. I even <laughs> consulted commentaries which were rather conservative and they said the same thing. It's a torrential downpour. That's what it means. I will pour out my spirit on all people. I, when I was 19, I was uh, uh, volunteering in a children's place in the West Indies in Guyana uh, for a couple of months in the summer. And I saw the rain run across the street to me. <laughs> I was bone dry and hot. And then within about a second, I was absolutely drenched. It was a tropical goosh, and it was a torrential. Has anyone ever been in that kind of rain where it's just torrential? Yeah? yeah? You've experienced that? One minute you're dry, next minute you're soaked, and I mean soaked to the skin. Well, that's what God says happens and that's what began on the day of Pentecost. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Not a light shower, not a sprinkling, but a pouring out. It says, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then, not in the passage we read, but later on, third time. Exalted to the right hand of God, Jesus has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. A pouring out. When they came together on this important festival day, they were, they were all together. And Pentecost is about all people receiving the downpour. Not just a special few, but all people. It was Peter who stood up and preached, but all the disciples received the Holy Spirit. As Philip prayed earlier, 3,000 gave their lives to Jesus that day. They all received the Holy Spirit in power. They're all gathered together and they're waiting because Jesus has told them to wait. Wait in Jerusalem for power from on high. Wait and you'll receive the gift promised, the promised Holy Spirit. And so that's what they were doing. They were waiting, they were attentive. And they did not set the agenda. They did not say, okay, Lord, we're waiting, but it better be now. They didn't place limits on what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. 
They just waited. They looked to God and they prayed. God is looking for people today to just wait and to, and to be attentive to him. And then suddenly we're told. They didn't conjure it up. They didn't make it happen. But they were attentive and waiting. And then suddenly, completely out of their control, rushing wind, tongues of fire, resting on all of them. Now, it must have been kind of wild because a crowd gathered. The sound of the rushing wind. And as they spoke out in other languages, as the Spirit enabled them, I don't think they were speaking out under their breath. They'd have been shouting out in languages that they themselves didn't understand because why the crowd came. And people, it says, are utterly amazed. Why? Because aren't all these people Galileans? There's a slight put-down implied there. Aren't they just simple country folk who haven't got a clue? They're not going to know all these languages. And yet, God chooses the Holy Spirit to be poured out there, not among the religious experts necessarily, not in the temple, but among these people. Why? They've been with Jesus and they were waiting. That's it. And we heard all the languages, um, that, uh, all the nationalities that they were all represented and they all heard... Um, the wonders of God in their own languages. It's a beautiful picture. We saw the video. We're celebrating all the nationalities. And even the French this week were celebrating Her Majesty. I was impressed. I love French people. Don't worry. I love the French. But even they were celebrating Her Majesty. And all these nations, like says all the nations under heaven, well, all the nations that Luke knew about as he wrote this account at least, people from all the place. Now there, were, there, were, there would have been different languages, different colours, they travelled a long way, they come for the feast, for the festival, but they were all God-fearing. Are you God-fearing? Am I God-fearing? But there were some who mocked said they've had too much wine. <clears throat> the explanation for that, the most obvious explanation for that is that, that they were acting like they were drunk. I was reading Tom Wright. I don't like doing this, but I was reading commentary. And the, Tom Wright was the Bishop of Thurham, and then he was, he's now a lecturer and retired and, and stuff. But he, he offers this challenge on this verse. He says, part of the challenge of this passage in, is the question, you know, they're found to be drunk, or they look like they're drunk. Part of the challenge of this passage is the question, have our churches today got enough energy, enough spirit-driven new life, to make onlookers pass any comments at all? <laughs> Has anything happened which might make people think we were drunk? And if not, 
Is it because the Spirit is simply at work in other ways? Oh, please, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> or because we have so successfully quenched the Holy Spirit that there is actually nothing happening at all. And he just leaves it there. <laughs> what a challenge. I grew up and we would go to our local church. I even ended up as a good boy singing in the choir for a little while. But I'm afraid that my memory of church growing up can be summed up by one word. Boring. It was so boring. Most memorable occasion was when the vicar told me off because me and another choir boy were just giggling all the way through. And uh, he eventually went like this. <laughs> Is it not a crime that we've made the gospel boring? That church can be accused of being boring. The day of Pentecost was not boring. This message is not boring. What if church could be a place where you expect that you're going to meet with God? That it's not unusual to walk in and sense the presence of the Lord. But it's actually unusual if you don't. What if we're told at the end, um, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And later, if you read the story on, it says 3,000 were. What if? It wasn't once in a blue moon, but it was regularly. That people will be calling on the name of the Lord and being saved. What if the kind of miraculous things that took place in the Acts of the Apostles happened regularly? Healing, deliverance, words that spoke to, to people's hearts, touched their hearts. What if this was not unusual? What if Pembury Baptist Church looked like this? Because this pouring out of the Spirit was never meant to be a one day thing. This was never meant to be God's turn the tap on and then he turns it off. God has never turned the tap off. The church has quenched the spirit. I know I have many times. We've grieved the Holy Spirit in so many ways and we've quenched what he wants to do. A lot of people like, in my position, they like being the guy up the front. Lord, bless me. I'm the real special holy guy. <clears throat> well, Lord, do bless me, because I want to be a blessing to others. But I'm not special. <laughs> We're all God's people. Holy Spirit, you can come, but you've got to make me look good. Holy Spirit, you can come, but I don't, want to, I don't want anyone to mock me. I want people to take me seriously. I don't want to risk people thinking I'm drunk. 
Holy Spirit can come, but please do it quietly. Holy Spirit can come, but please do it loud. In the last days, as Peter understands what is going on, it stands up to explain what is going on. He says, in the last days, beginning now, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. And there's such a beautiful universality here. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. What a tragedy that the church has silenced the voice of women through the centuries. It's a tragedy. Because your sons and daughters will prophesy. The different sexes. What a tragedy that we dismiss young people and children. We say, oh, you know, keep quiet. Because it says here, your young men will see visions. Children will see visions. What a tragedy when we say so-and-so is a bit too old. They need to sit down now. There's no retirement in the kingdom, right? Even your old men will dream dreams. And that's not because they're asleep the whole time. <coughs> Although that might be good. Everybody. And it says, even on my servants, both men and women. Now the word for servants is the word doulos, which is also the word for slaves. And actually God is talking about those low in the social st 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 you know, structure. There were free people, and there were people who owned slaves, and there were people who were slaves. And God is saying, I pour out my spirit on slaves. So whether you're rich, poor, whoever you are, God is saying, I will pour out my spirit. And they will all prophesy. The word people is the word flesh. And if you've got flesh, has anybody got flesh here this morning? Yes, you've got flesh, and you've got bones, and you've got breath, and all the rest of it. I will pour out my spirit. That's God's end of the bargain. And he's done it. And he never turned the tap off. He describes some scary things in this passage as well. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke, the sun turned to darkness and the moon turn to blood before Jesus returns, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. These are, uh, well we've just been looking actually last few weeks at Revelation uh, and, and it's this kind of language, it's kind of picture language. It's basically describing earth shattering events. Well you don't have to look far in our headlines to see there are earth shattering events taking place, there are wars, there are terrible things taking place, there's a pandemic we've just come, coming out of. All of these things surely teach us that we're not in control. So let's give God the control, as Richard prayed at the start. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Don't put your umbrella up this morning. Don't say, Lord, I just want a little shower and then I'm good. Because it's inconvenient because I've got to get changed if I get soaked. And I didn't come prepared. Let's let God do what he wants to do. Lord, I don't want to stand in the way. 
So I'm just going to invite Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do right now. And you might want to stand, but you don't have to, because I'm not going to force anyone to do anything, because it's not about me. But I do encourage you just to look to the Lord. Don't resist. Don't be like those stiff-necked people who resist the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. Because as Pam prayed, he is a gentleman. He is good. Don't fear God. Uh, Well, do fear God, but you know what I mean. Don't be afraid of his purposes. Because he's good. Jesus says, even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So you don't have to stand, but if you'd like to, do. And we're going to say, Lord, we, we, we stand on your word this morning. We want to ask and seek and knock. And we're sorry, we repent of our lack of expectation, of our fear of looking silly. We repent of uh, not trusting you, Lord. Well, thank you that we can trust Holy Spirit. He's not an indiscriminate force, he's a person. more good thanks Jonathan God is here why would God come to this little church well why would he go and meet with a bunch of Galileans well because they knew Jesus do you know Jesus do you love Jesus just wait and look to the Lord this morning Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Mm. So we break off fear. We just break off uh, sense of inadequacy. We reject the lies of the enemy that we're not worthy of receiving what God has for us. Jesus died for us. He clearly thought we were worth dying for. Just receive what the Holy Spirit is doing. I will pour out my Spirit on all people.
So the word says that all people will be able to prophesy, will be able to speak out words of God. And I'm actually going to uh, allow some space now, and it may be that the Lord has put a word on your heart, but which you believe might be for the church. I just want to encourage you to be bold, and um, you can shout it out from where you are, or you can you can come up the front if you like. Yeah, you stay with me. God is here. I had a, um, a, a picture earlier on that um, somebody's standing uh, next to a, a ladder, and I immediately thought, oh, it's Jake, Jacob's ladder. And the story in the, in the Bible where Jacob woke up and saw angels coming up and down from heaven. Then I realized the ladder, I saw that the ladder was actually. Um, almost like an escalator, but it was vertical. It was just going down. Um, and then I saw the person on the ladder just treading, like so, trying to climb the ladder, but it couldn't go anywhere because the ladder kept coming down. And as much as that person tried to climb this ladder to reach God, the ladder just came down. And I felt God was saying that actually for this person to just rest, Mm. Not to climb, not to struggle, not to try to reach God, because God has done everything. Mm. And actually God will, will pour himself out, as Dan said. God will bring down that, on that ladder everything that that individual needs. So I would encourage you not to clamber, not to try to get to God, because God has done all things. That's so right. just rest. Just be patient, and God will give to you what God is giving to you. Amen. But be open to receive something from God. Thank you. That's brilliant. That's amazing. This morning, I was asking God what, what he had for us. Um, so there are two things, really, because as I came, when I was in church this morning, I, had a, I was reminded of how many years I spent coming to church with a wrestle, wrestling inside of myself, and I spent the first massive chunk of the service, if not all of it, just wrestling with what I'd brought or what I was thinking or whether I was engaging with God or just wrestling. And so I really, I really felt... What, what you shared Rob about resting in him and just remembering that he's got it for you because he's made you and he loves you and you don't have to wrestle you just need to receive and the other thing I felt that he was saying this morning before I came to church was two words and, and the two words were not one not one of my children goes overlooked not one should go overlooked.
I just want to share two words. Uh, since I've been dealing with it everywhere I go, since when I was growing, and when I became a Christian, I was born as a Christian. And it's always inculcated in my heart, Christian, to be a Christian. And if we spell Christian, I know everybody knows it already, but I just repeat it. The Christian is Christ, and the last word, I-A-N. And you know what it means? I am nothing. So every time that I walk about, I feel that I am nothing. And then I just accept Christ and it glows again. That's it. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Elder. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. if the worship band could come we're going to sing about surrendering ourselves to God and it may be that, that uh, it's time to just say okay Lord I, I'm, I, if there's any wrestling going on just I accept Lord I receive and I rest in you he's for you not against you just rest in him today Thank you. do you ever feel overlooked by man as our friend shared I do, but we're not overlooked by God. And I was just, that all people has really struck me this morning. If you have a Venn diagram of all people, are you in there? Yes. yes. Amen.